the Sports Fathers Soccer Trunks, where a priest and a seminarian talk about the wide world of soccer in as much time as it takes Louis van Gaal to butcher the English language. That means, well, that happens immediately, but we're going to spend about 15 or 20 minutes. Um, I am Father Kyle Sanders of the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and I'd like to welcome you. I am Zach Tucker, seminarian for the Archdiocese of Omaha, Nebraska, coming to you live, literally, from my parents' basement. <laughs> That's not depressing at all. <laughs> my bedroom is actually in the basement, so it's less depressing. <laughs> oh, it's your bedroom. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, but I it, actually, no, it's my recording studio, of course. <laughs> that, okay. I, uh, yeah, okay. I will go with that. We'll go with that one. That's your recording studio. <laughs> um, we are happy to be back. Um, uh, Zach had to take a break uh, for a little while as he was finishing finals. Uh, it was really cool to have Colm on the show just to talk about Celtic F- Football Club. Were you able to listen to that at all? I was. I actually listened to it uh, on my drive back home from uh, St. Louis to Omaha. You guys did a good job in my absence whilst I was studying very hard for medieval philosophy and Latin uh, and various other classes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you? Yeah. Okay. I was, I was, we were, I was getting ready to get into a philosophy conversation, but we're not, we're going to talk about soccer. Uh, oh, today we're going to, to, to talk about the five main storylines in the English Premier League this year. There's one more uh, match or one more weekend of matches left to play. And uh, but it's pretty much decided who's going to win the league. Uh, it's not necessarily decided who's going to be relegated. Uh, Hull City might still be able to pull themselves out of that one. But until we get there, we just want to give you a few of those things. So we're going to start with number five, and it is the horrible transfer window of Manchester United and Liverpool. <laughs> uh, Balotelli, Radamel Falcao, and uh, Angel Di Maria, who. Um, is probably the most Catholic name in all of football. His name means Angel of Mary, and he was born in Rosario, Argentina. So I don't know why the dude's not doing as well as he is. I don't know if he like had it out with Mary or whatever, and it didn't work out. But um, <laughs> just it just turns out that you know the Mother of God is not a Manchester United fan. You know. She's potentially, well, not a City fan either because they're not doing well either. <laughs> <laughs> well, City would be more of the case in as much as they wear blue. But uh, yeah. um, <laughs> let's start with Balotelli. Balotelli was brought in um, as a transfer to replace Luis Suarez, which understandably Liverpool let go um, for, you know, biting a player again. <laughs> Multiple um, times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they decided to to bring in just a quality as quality a player as Luis Suarez, Mario Balotelli, who honestly does have the talent to be a premier player in the world, uh, but he his attitude is so horrendous that it really prevents him from reaching his, his potential. So he played in 10, 10 or 16 matches over the course of the Premier League season and scored a total of one goal. For a center forward to score one goal for a team for a team that's otherwise not doing terribly. Right. Right. 
And we, uh, Liverpool slumped a little at the beginning of the season, but they they came came back up. But mm-hmm. that's with Balotelli only scoring one goal. Yeah, so he was basically Ugh. unneeded. Like he was a waste of money. <laughs> yep. They you let know why go. I buy him. They let Suarez go. Yeah. Who's understandably. I don't like him, but he is a phenomenal player. You could watch him play for Barca. He's done amazing things mm-hmm. there. And pick up Balotelli, who's equally as much a character. Uh, he hasn't but, bitten uh, anybody. But, uh, uh, yeah, he hasn't bitten anyone, but he's known for you know ripping his shirt off and <laughs> getting, the getting car suspended accidents. for, yeah, <laughs> getting his driver's license taken away for speeding, getting <laughs> suspended for social media posts, and not scoring goals. Yes. Um, so he's a, he's a lot of fun to experience, but not a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and uh, to me, that's not worth it. I think that's a waste of money. Uh, I know I know Brendan Rodgers thought he could change him. I think Bre- Brendan Rodgers overestimated what he his ability as a manager in that regards. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, it's kind of sad. Yeah, hopefully, I keep waiting for Balotelli to sort of grow up and mature a little bit, and every year I'm disappointed because it hasn't happened yet. And he's been in professional soccer since he was 18. Yeah. He's been around for six years, and he's still sort of known more for his off-field antics than he is for his on-field prowess, which is unfortunate. It is. It is. Uh, hopefully, maybe that will change. I don't know if, if Liverpool is going to keep him another year, if they're going to dump him off, because he's not exactly a, um, a cheap salary. So um, so that'll be interesting watching this summer, if, if he stays or uh, if they decide that he's uh, not worth it. Yeah, that's a whole other bucket of worms that you can open up discussing where he's going to go. <laughs> we can talk about that in a later episode. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, next person that we want to talk about that was just as much of a bust, uh, brought in on loan from Monaco, uh, French club, uh, to Manchester United, was Radamel Falcao, who is the, so, supposedly the the great Colombian player. And really, he did. He played well at Monaco the two years that he was there and tore up the uh, uh, French league, which I can't say because I don't speak French. But... Um, he played 26 games uh, this this year, scoring only four goals and having four assists, um, which is is kind of no, that's bad. That's not good. Yeah, especially again as a forward, you want to be scoring more than yeah. four goals. Yeah, agree. Now that that's also saying that he's sharing four duties with Wayne Rooney and Robin Van Persie, two of the greatest uh, strikers in in world soccer at this, you know, in this moment in time. So it's not like he, um, had as much of an opportunity as maybe Balotelli did when Balotelli was really the only actual center forward for Liverpool. Uh, so that's, I, I give him a little bit of credit and he still had some injury problems and things like that. Yeah. I mean, even if you are playing with Rooney and RVP, you have to sort of strut your stuff when you do get that chance. Mm-hmm. And four goals is just not going to cut it when, yeah, you're playing behind those two. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
And last year, just to kind of compare, last year he scored 20 goals overall in all matches for, uh, for Monaco and Colombia. Uh, that was until January of 2014 when he got a, a huge knee injury. So that was only half the season he had scored 20 goals. That's, that's a big difference. Like, you can't, you can't drop off that much and expect to still be uh, a starting member of the squad as a, on a regular basis. Yeah. Part of me wonders if his lack of productivity, maybe that injury sort of still nagging him or something like that. I haven't watched him uh, play a ton to sort of analyze that, but... I mean, he, he doesn't. He looks. He looked pretty spry today in the uh, the match versus Arsenal. So, I, I don't think, <laughs> unless it's more of a psychological thing than it mm. is a uh, than it is a a physical thing. That might be it. Maybe he's just he doesn't have any trust in himself. Yeah. But someone mm. who uh, does have trust in himself and and is a little bit of a, a bragger, not as much as Balotelli, uh, <laughs> also picked up from Real Madrid uh, to. Uh, Manchester United was Angel Di Maria. Also played 26 games, only scored three goals, and had 10 assists. 10 assists, meager still for his even experience and the huge group of midfielders that he was with in Real Madrid. Uh, he had many uh, 17, 20 assists a season, and so to only have 10 assists, granted, he was also injured for part of the year, but still, they, a, a lot of people were expecting a lot more out of Di Maria. Yeah, and it's interesting when you look at all three of these, it's not like they're taking a low amount of shots or mm -hmm. you know anything like that. They're all north of uh, like 50 shots for the season, so it's just you know, they're low percentage. They're they're just not producing, yeah. and it's. Admittedly, I'm okay with them not producing for Manchester United, but at the same time, <laughs> it's really rough to see clubs spend that much money on someone, and then just to have them tank. Uh, you you feel for for the fans and and you know the team as a whole just to to sort of have to play with that uh, day or week and week out and know that that's sort of the uh the elephant in the room so to speak yeah and, and and rooney's kind of had to take up their slack you know he's had to push more than he maybe had previously when there was other players around him who could also produce Juan mata has also you know gotten better with manu over this year and uh I love Mata. I, I think he's an awesome player. I was I was kind of disappointed with the way that he was treated at Chelsea and the way that he, at the beginning of his career at Man United, was treated because I think he's, he's a really enjoyable player to watch. He's very solid both in defense and in offense. Um, so he's had to take up the slack. Uh, and he, I don't think he minds that he has to take up the slack of Di Maria because he finally gets to show and strut his stuff and to say, hey, I am worth a starting position in one of the top clubs in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Both those, I mean, Rooney's the same way. They're both very fun to watch. And, I mean, <clears throat> I think most people, maybe especially on this side of the Atlantic Ocean, sort of equate Wayne Rooney with Manchester United. But this season, he's definitely had to step up and sort of become that that face of the club, especially in the goal-scoring sort of category. So. Mm -hmm. So, we move from number five to number four. 
David De Gea is continuing with this Man United uh, streak that we seem to be going at at the moment. Uh, David De Gea had his best season of his career. Even at age 24, he is showing himself that he is probably one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now. You know, he's starting to show up. Manuel Nora, Neuer uh, has definitely made Tim Howard look old. Uh, <laughs> Hugo Lloris and Thibaut Courtois, the two other kind of young goalkeepers, just weren't able to produce uh, the numbers that he had produced. He had 91 saves this year among 36 games in the Premier League, had 10 clean sheets. Um, and so he just he, he produced extremely well. Yeah, he is phenomenal to watch. He's definitely a bright spot for Manchester United fans. Um, and my, I think my favorite part about watching him is he's just so laid back. Like, you watch him make these incredible saves, and he just sort of, you know, turns around and walks back to the line, and it's back to work, you know? <laughs> uh, it's He's uh, definitely kept them uh, in contention in the league when they have been struggling to score with... Mm-hmm. You know, Di Maria and their sort of flopped window of transfers. But this kid, uh, when it when it comes down to close games, you want him in your net. That's for sure. Definitely. And I would say even as the first half of the season, when when Man United's defense was really struggling, he was really their defense. Uh, for a while, he was the one that was keeping them in games because he was making fantastic saves. There was one particular save earlier in the season against Everton where there is a um, a free kick kind of on the, the left side of the, f- the field, right, right about even with the edge of the 18-yard box, but uh, maybe 10 or, 10 or, 10 or 5 yards, five or, 5 or so yards from the, uh, from the, the, the byline. And and that whatever you know what I'm talking about, um, <laughs> and it's the kind of kicked in. It's ki- kicked out of the 18-yard box, and there is this screamer of a shot. Like it's there is no way on God's green earth that anyone could have saved that. No one could have gotten in the way. It was just it was it was destined for the top corner, and then. David De Gea's left hand just like appears and like boom no more goal and I think I think that's what ruined Everton's season was that one <laughs> save I think Everton after that after that save they're like why fight anymore <laughs> it's it was emblematic of how their entire season was going it's just getting robbed by David De Gea <laughs> uh, so so yeah we can't I'm looking forward to seeing um, what happens with him. There's talk that he is being courted by Real Madrid, which would be interesting if he's going to replace Iker Casillas, if, if he's retiring. Um, that will be an interesting... I, I kind of want to see him continue at Man United just because he has done so well there. And I kind of want him to to show his love in that regards. But, you know, he's a Spaniard. I think he wants to go back to Spain, so... Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'd love to see him, uh, especially compete if he goes to Real Madrid, compete more often against um, uh, Manuel Neuer and sort of the quality that comes from La Liga. Yeah. Mostly, I just want to see him versus uh, Barca's front line uh, mm-hmm. as much as possible to see what happens because 
you have a magical three front line from Barcelona, and then you have this just wizard in the net in De Gea. Yeah. And that can make for some just fun football to watch. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Speaking of um, awesome front lines, we're going to talk about a back line. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, Are, your, not one of your better segues. <laughs> <laughs> I had to figure out how I was going to do it, and I wasn't exactly going to talk about Diego Costa. Number three on our list of uh, storylines is the powerhouse of Chelsea and the expected but flopping powerhouse of Man City. Chelsea's back line has just been solid. This They only had two losses the entire season. That's impressive in a Premier League that has brought about some of the strangest losses from big clubs where Burnley or Leicester or Hull City will beat, you know, Arsenal or Man U. Just like these strange wins. Uh, and so it, it's kind of brought about this even, but they've only had two losses, 70 goals, only 28 goals allowed. 28 goals allowed in the entire season, which is, is extremely impressive. Uh, only had, had nine draws. Uh, I think it was, uh, they've just had a fantastic season, pulled out 84 points. They still have two more games left to play, but uh, they are the league champions. There's no way that, that any other team can, can get close to them at this point. Yep, not a chance. And it's hard to lose games when you only allow seven or 28 goals in a season like that's the the long and short of it if you're playing defense that's in my opinion that's what wins games when you're scoring 70 goals and you have a back line that can just smother opposing forwards it's i've watched teams play against them and it's it's you can tell that it's frustrating to play against chelsea yeah because you'll string one, two passes together, and then you'll lose the ball for three minutes. <laughs> and then you go back, you string a couple together, and then they just converge on you. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I think smothering is the, mm-hmm. the best adjective for Chelsea. They're just all over the ball instantaneously. Mm-hmm. It, and and I, I will, I'll credit Mourinho. I, I wouldn't normally do this because I don't like him. But he, in the choices that he's made of the players that he's wanted to bring in, Diego Costa has really scored some great goals for them. Drogba has still been able to produce a little bit. Um, Nemanja Matic has been solid in the defensive midfielder role and just really has shored up anything that happens in the air, Matic is going to handle. Like, he, he, he just knocks everything down. He's like a Fellaini uh, but more aggressive and less uh, Afro-y. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. And I mean, when you have, let's see, one, two, three, they have like four or five guys with north of 30 goals, I think, if I'm right, mm. reading this right. Um, or no, that starts, I'm reading that wrong since when is is gs starts oh, that's games game that's games i thought goals scored uh, <laughs> but i mean even guys like john terry um yeah. are are still producing <laughs> like john yeah. terry's been around forever <laughs> and you know he's uh people thought you know he's kind of on his way out and no he's having an amazing season mm-hmm. uh you know the guy's 34 years old, I think. And yeah, 
even I think it was Jose Mourinho when the season was starting was like, ah, I think Terry's kind of on the wane, like he's kind of on his way out. And well, he's played every minute of every game this season Hmm. and just looks top form. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You said something, though, that that's interesting is that he hasn't really changed his lineup a whole lot. There's multiple guys with 30, 30 plus um, uh, games played. I mean, that's that's he hasn't rotated. And it's surprising that none of those guys have really had big injuries that have really hurt the team. They've stayed healthy, which is, is surprising. But it was yeah. another thing is that even though they've been <coughs> dominant all season, they haven't been like. Barca dominant where dominant where they will score like six seven eight goals against a team there's none of their wins are by more than two goals yeah in, in the been... Premier League like other you know in the Champions League that was another thing altogether but in the Premier League they were they haven't won by more than two goals yeah they've been very quietly dominant I think um they play they basically just been playing very solid football um they score a goal, they score two goals, and then they just sort of sit back and you're just stuck with this brick wall in front of you trying to, to get through and even that score. And it just it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's impressive that they these guys have stayed healthy, but if it's not broke, why fix it in a sense? You've got guys who are healthy, they're producing, you're winning games. If I'm Mourinho, yeah, I'm not going to change my lineup either. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, on the other hand, we have Manchester City. Manchester City has was expected to do great things. They were expected to win the league again. They were expected Sergio Aguero. I mean, he has played well, uh, but they are far and away behind. They have 76 points as opposed to the 84 of Chelsea. They had seven losses as opposed to two. They had less draws, uh, and it, they, they just haven't played. They scored more goals, but they allowed 48. 28 to 48. That is a 20-goal difference between number one and number two in the Premier League. That's huge. They, they've really struggled on the defensive side. That, that being said, I think Joe Hart has had one of his best seasons this year. <laughs> you know, even, yep. And part of the reason they've struggled is because <coughs> their rock in defense the past few years, uh, Vincent Company, has been horrible. Like, he's not even starting anymore because he's playing that bad. I don't know if, like, he put all of his heart and soul into the World Cup that Belgium, can, Belgium could win, and then all of a sudden... Like, he just yeah. ended his... It seems like he's... I don't know if he's going to stay. I think they're going to kick him off. Mangala, who they brought in to kind of help with the back line, hasn't been consistent. He hasn't been terribly helpful. He's been caught off <coughs> many times by many different players and made look like he should be playing uh, Sunday football um, with the with the guys at the bar. Uh, <coughs> yeah, so. and... You can tell even just looking at the number of games played from their uh, from all their players, their lineup is in pretty consistent flux. Mm-hmm. Um, there's hardly, I mean, they played 37 games, 36 games, and the only player who has played in over 30 of those is Joe Hart. So, in direct contrast to Chelsea, 
where their lineup is very, very set. You know, Mourinho isn't changing anything. Yeah. Pellegrini is just, you know, putting people in and out and in and out and trying to figure out something that works. That's partly because a lot of his players have been injured. Mm. And Yaya Torre went to the African Cup of Nations when they bought it. They bought Wilfred Brony. He went to the African Cup of Nations. There have been players that have been injured all throughout the squad. You know, Aguero was injured at some points. David Silva. There's some other guys that um, that have been injured. So that's part of it too, I think. Yeah, it's just like I feel like for Man City, it's sort of uh, Murphy's Law has really hit them this this season. <laughs> sort of everything. <laughs> That could go wrong has gone wrong for them, with the exception of Joe Hart, who, like you said, has just been playing lights out. But if you're if you're not really scoring goals, and you know, even even with Joe playing very well, allowing you know 48 goals, that's yeah, whew, that's rough. And, and that's not to say 76 points, respectable, yeah, respectable, puts them second in the league but they were they were expected to be you know up there with yeah. Chelsea and they're many points behind and what's interesting Carter. is that they're the exact opposite of Chelsea in that regards because Joe Hart still has 14 clean sheets 14 clean sheets yet allowed 48 goals that means they allowed multiple goals three four goals in a game to be able to get to 48. <laughs> right, because that's almost that's yep. almost a you know a third of the goal of the games that he had uh, clean sheets. So um, that's quite impressive, and really sorry at the, same, <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. Speaking of quite impressive and yet really sorry, we are now going to our number two storylines in the in the English Premier League this year, and that is the English of Louis Van Gaal. <laughs> <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> lack thereof. It has been absolutely hilarious to watch post-match and pre-match interviews with Louis Van Gaal because he has just butchered the English language, butchered it. Just the, what did he just say? What did he just say? Uh, one of the 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 uh, the one that epitomizes that is in a post-match interview i think for the second game against qpr he he was talking about how well they, you know they beat qpr hand handily and he said uh yes the the queen's puck raisins the raisins he couldn't say rangers he said um, queen's park raisins the, the queen's park raisins <laughs> You do it much better than I do. I can't do it. So we're so we're, so we're just gonna play you some of the uh, some of his quotes. So I'm gonna give you a little countdown so you can be ready. Uh, get ready. Five, four, three, two, one. Louis Van Gaal. I'm always a controversial person. <laughs> You know that you are repeating yourself. I cannot change what you are writing. Why are you asking this? It's a joke. <laughs> the last time I could not say anything because I forgot some players. <laughs> so now I have my paper and my classes. So after three weeks, you shall say, Louis, Louis, why he is not uh, fit enough? For Lani, he's not ready. 
in England they have uh, tall people uh, here. <laughs> I think they select only on, on the height. Carrick, he's not ready. They've got away with murder tonight, really, with that performance. With murder? Mm. With murder? <laughs> Maybe Johnstone. Elbow problems. You talked after the whole game about the momentum you have. I don't have said that. You have said that. <laughs> I'm from uh, a little bit iron. Eh? <laughs> what? Iron. What? So, a shield. I'm a shield. I'm a shield. Smalling. It's not fit enough. Wilson. Not ready yet. James. Not ready. I never speak uh, about individual players. But I have to say, the last match was uh, fantastic. <laughs> Jones has <laughs> injured my friends of the media. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, Ashley Young also injured. Cheers. I'm always great. So that's a very easy question. Thank you for that. <laughs> Not a bad wine. <laughs> Our sponsor. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh. <laughs> I feel like the best way someone can just describe Louis van Gaal is he's like that crazy uncle. That when you're a little kid, he gets you all the obnoxious toys for Christmas that your parents will never get you. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's Louis Van Gaal, I feel like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, he toasted the press corps on Christmas. <laughs> the class, that's some good wine. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it was like Franzia or, you know, boxed wine. <laughs> Michael, thank you, Louis, for this great, oh, Franzia. <laughs> So uh, that has been hilarious. I'm looking forward to that next year because it looks like he's going to stay for another year, even though he really didn't do that much better than David Moyes from last year. Um, they, they did improve, obviously, towards the end of the season and really started to gel, and they're now fighting for a <clears throat> top-four spot to get into the Champions League, but it looks like they're going to have to play in the uh, qualifying stages of the Champions League so that they can get in. Because uh, they'll probably be in the fourth spot. Who would they face potentially? Do you know? Uh, it, it's going to be like a small tournament. Termin, term, terminant, terminant, terminant. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you preach on Sunday mornings and then attempt to record a podcast in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> your your English has been impacted by Louis Van Gaal, apparently. Turn <laughs> turn ter, 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 there will be a small tournament. Uh, Queen's Park, Queen's Park Raisins. <laughs> you sound like Stewie. Mom, mom, mom. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna. Okay, okay. I can't compose myself. <laughs> and we have reached the giggle, the giggles part of the podcast. Not to be confused with the wiggles part of the podcast. <laughs> Right now, people are looking at their, their phones going, what am I listening oh to? <laughs> and now for something completely different. We're going to talk... 
we're gonna we're gonna go from laughter to sadness. Oh. Uh, this is the last year that Steven Gerrard will play in the Premier League. And it has been a difficult season for him. Uh, he hasn't always played, which is surprising that Brendan Rodgers, respecting, knowing that this will be his last season, hasn't put him more often, put him in the game more often. It seems, obviously, you've noticed that he started to slow down. Uh, yeah. And everybody's noticed that. But to, to not give him the, I don't know, it seemed disrespectful to me. Uh, but but I understand, you know, he's trying to win games, and he, he felt that with with Gerard in the lineup, he wouldn't win, uh, win games. But this final game, this past weekend, that he would be playing at Anfield uh, was a very emotional one, and it was it was he walked out of after the game, and the whole crowd was just singing and you know praising him. It, it was it was very emotional. Yeah, I I didn't get to watch the game live. Um, but actually, right before the podcast, I watched the the repeat on YouTube of just his sort of after match interview, and then his sort of final words to uh, Liverpool to the Liverpool supporters. And it was, you know, it's he's a legend, and he's a legend playing his last game at Anfield. And uh, yeah, it was uh, appropriately uh, emotional and hard to watch because he's been a staple in the Premier League in, you know, English soccer for, oh, man. The turn as of the century. As, yeah, as long as I've watched. He, okay, he played, made his debut in 1998, so almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm. you know, watching a legend like that leave is, for anyone who who's a fan of the sport, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Definitely. Stevie G, we love you. Amen to that. Now, please don't take the MLS uh, by storm and take the Galaxy to the MLS Cup. Okay, thanks. So that's going to conclude our episode that went a little bit longer than the promised 20 minutes. I apologize. Uh, Three minutes of that is us laughing. But... um, Next time, two weeks away, uh, Zach and I hope to talk uh, about the coming up of the Women's World Cup and going looking through the Women's World Cup uh, U.S. Women's Nationals team and to see how uh, they pair up with some of the other clubs that they're going to be with. They they're, seem to have gotten the draw of death, not much different than the U.S. Men's National Team last year in the World Cup. So we're going to talk about that next time. Uh, I am Father Kyle Sanders. You can find me at Colonel for God, C-O-L-O-N-E-L, the number four, G-O-D, on Twitter. And Zach, and I, how can they find you? You can find me on Twitter as well. I am at Beggar's Son, which is B-E-G-G-A-R-S-S-O-N. You have a good day. <laughs> We'll talk to you next time, folks.